the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, life questions, anything and everything that's on your heart. All you have to do is provide the phone call 210-340-9585 if you're outside the local San Antonio Area, you can call toll free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now bender at the top of the screen. Uh, everything else will be hands-free. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. have a very special show for you today. I told you about it yesterday, or Paula and I did. Uh, I have uh, our two youth pastors here live in studio. So moms, dads, if you especially are parents of teenagers, if you're not, you're going to have teenagers. So um, uh, whatever questions, whatever's on your heart, whatever things that you might be struggling with, um, our two guests today will be able to help you out. And I'm excited about the program, and it will be a lot better with your phone calls and participation. Chris Matthew, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Yes, thank you. Well, let's start out by introducing yourselves and, and give sort of a brief background, how old you are, um, how long you've been at Calvary Chapel, and anything else you think is pertinent to your background. Matthew? Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Matthew Macasadia. I am uh, the pastor for the high school kids, so ninth through 12th, and actually a little bit past 12th grade. We, we allow them to stay with the youth ministry up until the teen is out of their age. So See, once they that, turn 20. That's a terrible mistake. <laughs> all, all their lives. I want to be treated like an adult. And then when they graduate from high school, we say, okay, now go be an adult. I don't want to. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. And so if they want to come until they're, uh, they're 20, they're allowed. But we, we don't um, hold anything over if they're like, all right, I'm ready to go to big, big church, as they say. <laughs> um, but as far as myself, I've, uh, I was born in San Diego, we, my family was called here in 2005, and we've been attending the church since uh, fall of 2005. Grew up here. Um, this is my second home, sometimes my first home, yeah. with how, how much time uh, I, I'm here, but I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So. And Chris, you make Matthew look like a short-timer, so why don't you <laughs> tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so I'm Pastor Chris Sanchez. Um, I was born... Pretty much here at the church. Uh, Pastor Anna said on countless times that he actually held me when I was a baby. Looking at the two of us, she wouldn't believe that was true, but I promise you it is. Um, I take care of the junior hires, so that's the 7th and 8th grade. Um, it's just something to where we have the opportunity, Matthew and myself, to teach them. We do the same thing as Pastor Ron, uh, book by book, verse by verse. 
uh, speaking about the sufficiency of Scripture and, and explaining how it's vital to each and every one of their lives. Now, Chris, would you take a couple of minutes and talk about your role here at the Academy? Yeah, so uh, apart from being or alongside being with the junior hires for church during the school uh, hours from 8 to 4, I have the opportunity to be a high school teacher. I teach the um, AP government class, the AP U.S. history, hermeneutics, which is the science and art of pretty much how to study your Bible. Uh, And I also teach sociology and high school Bible as well. So I get an opportunity to see the high school kids during the day for the academic side. And then Matthew gets them for all the fun stuff. Uh, So a lot of the times they... By by the time they get Matthew, they're sick of being with you. Oh, they're sick and tired of me. They way prefer Matthew. He's the fun one. Um, But that's my role here during business hours is is as an academy teacher. Let me me just say, Chris, I love you so much. But I've been stuck my whole life with I'm not the fun one. So just embrace it. There's no point in fighting it. Let fun people be fun, and we'll just be serious. And I'm that's, content being boring. It's okay. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the things I love about you is your seriousness, especially as it relates to the Word of God, and and your commitment, both of you, your commitments to to teach the Bible to these kids, not to give them uh, life lessons or morality lessons or tell cute stories, but to give them the Word of God. Uh, like there's nothing we can do to improve on it. So it just seems fruitless to me and thank God to both of you to try to do anything else. So I appreciate that very, very much. One, one other thing, Chris, with you, um, you're, you're part of my vision for a Bible college here. And, uh, we, we desperately want to start a Bible college here and uh, hopefully we'll get a bigger building and we can do that. And uh, you're the man that God has chosen to to sort of kick that off when it happens. So everybody in the audience, you can pray. Pray (laughs) pray for us to get a bigger building and pray for Chris because, um, you know, that's that's a pretty heavy responsibility. Okay, let's talk about your ministry, kids. Uh, I told the parents on the program yesterday prepping for today's show that uh, you guys were in the front lines with their kids. Their kids are living in a world that's gone absolutely crazy. Um, right is wrong and wrong is right. Um, up is down and down is up. Um, your, your, the kids that you minister to are um, brainwashed by social media, by public opinion, uh, by school teachers if in fact they're in public schools. Um, they're, they're not taught to think. And so what they hear the most is sort of what what sticks in. Um, What kind of hope can you give parents for the teenagers that you minister to? Um, How how are they going to survive this world? And more specifically, how are they going to preserve and persevere in their walk with Jesus uh, in the face of the world that we're living in? Um, the, The hope that they have today is the same hope that we've had for 2,000 years. And that's Jesus. That the world as we can see it is getting increasingly dark and increasingly evil. But the hope remains constant. There's a reason why uh, it says in Scripture that that He is an anchor for our soul. That in Him we have peace and comfort. And what parents can do is, is what parents of past generations have done. And that's teach their kids and how to think. You know, as an educator on the the academy side, that is one thing that I love to do. Now, the students don't, but, you know, it's the what I love about Scripture is that it's testable, that we're able to verify what's in it. We're able to see the correspondence. We're able to see where the New Testament talks about the Old Testament. And it's a very logical and it's reasonable. And that's what I found that kids appreciate is with the hermeneutics class. That's a huge thing is. Why do we as Christians believe what we believe? Why can we read this here in Galatians and it's backed up in way back in the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers? You know, it's the the author is the same. It's the Holy Spirit. So what parents can do is to take a front seat really in, in how their children are growing up, understanding that in the outside world, um, the education system is not doing its job, the first responsibility that belongs to the parents. And what we've seen is a shift. I know one thing Pastor Matthew loves to speak about is how um, the phone is not their parent. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, I get to witness some amazing kids who are very intelligent, uh, insightful, and I get to see the ones whose parents communicate with them both about things of this world and things in the matters pertaining to Christ. Uh, that's the first thing that I would recommend is that parents continue or if they or they're not, then teach their kids who Jesus is and model it in their own lives so that the kids can catch on to that. Okay, Chris, I think I know what you're going to answer here, but maybe you'll surprise me. What's the biggest impediment to kids growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? The impediment is the same thing that I struggled with. Uh, when I, I grew up in this church, um, heard Pastor Ron three, four, seven times a week. <laughs> um <laughs> And I, it's a wonder you not, have any sanity at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I could not have cared less about scripture. And for me, I was able to talk like a Christian. I was able to at least I thought act like it. But what it does, it has the tendency sometimes to create a Pharisee, uh, to create this heart of stone. Because for me personally, I thought I knew everything, but my heart was no match for the Holy Spirit. My heart, my life was no challenge for, when the Holy Spirit made it very clear that I had to decide if I was going to follow Jesus or myself, I knew the right answer because of what I had been taught. And in describing it, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul, formerly Saul the Pharisee. Um, he describes himself zealous without knowledge. He knew all truth. He knew which, which is chaos. Yes, yeah, absolute <laughs> chaos. <laughs> See, a lot of people, a lot of zealous without knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with Saul, he was a Pharisee. He knew the Old Testament better than anybody. Gamaliel, his teacher, best of the best. And as soon as he caught on to grace, it's what made him a bit more uh, radical, sold out for the Lord, because he knew the truth. And now he knew the truth personally. And so his eyes were open. That veil, as Corinthians talks about, it was removed. And he was able not only to see and understand a, a bit a lot more about the excellency of Christ. Now he was able to demonstrate it because his life was now being lived out for the Lord and kids. Some kids complain. I've had kids. Why are you, you know, um, shoving the Bible down my throat? Like, I'm sorry for telling you the truth. And you know, it's and parents will hear that parents sometimes are discouraged by that for reasons beyond my understanding. It's, it's a good thing that you're telling the kids the truth. And, parents we've seen have given their kids way too much rights and way too much validity to their opinion um kids have no opinions okay well matthew he didn't answer the way i thought he was so let me give you a shot what's the biggest impediment to these kids really falling in love with jesus and um believing what the bible tells us is true from my experience not just personally but also dealing with ministry a lot of it is uh just laziness. I don't know if that's the answer you wanted, but that's what uh, is. There's a lack of desire for for the things of of the word. And uh, one thing that I tell the kids often is, if you don't stand upon the truth, the truth that we find in His Word, then you're going to fall for any lie. And for the parents out yeah, there, and, and the truth is, they they want to fall for the lie. Exactly. It's because it's easier. Uh, the, we, as you have stated, we don't hold anything back from from the kids. We tell them uh, we don't care about their feelings. Why? Because uh, life's hard, and if the circumstances of life, the the persecution that they are going to face if they stand up for the Lord, they're going to go through suffering. Right? They're going to go through hardship. But in the world's eyes, that's not pretty. That's not <laughs> an encouraging thing to tell them. But it's the truth. And we tell them nothing but the truth that is found in his word. And um, f for them to hear that, they they need to hear it, one, because if they're expecting as a believer, right, that everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows, right? They're just going to be able to go through this Christian walk with the Lord um, with nothing inhibiting them and uh, everyone's going to accept them and get saved, then that's a fantasy, right? That's, that's a lie. Right? And so... The moment that they go into college or even before going to college, when they get into a job and their faith is tested, they're going to fall because in their mind they have built their faith on something that is not the foundation of his word, right? 
Okay, let me let me um, interject this because um, uh, what I thought you were going to say, both of you, was that they don't see the reality of a vibrant walk with Christ in their own homes. Mm. You know, it's it's one thing for parents to drag kids to to church. How how, how old were you, Chris, when you finally got saved? About seventeen. Okay, and you were here when I held you in my arms as an infant. I mean, yes. you you heard everything that that now your kids are hearing, but but it didn't change your heart until the Holy Spirit. Part of it now, not in your case, because I know your family obviously, but um, you know when kids hear about Jesus and and at the same time they hear mom and dad yelling at each other. Um, when they talk about well, you need to do this right and do this better, and then um, they watch parents behaving in a way where um, Christ isn't honored or glorified, uh, I'll put it as nicely as I can. So moms, dads, we have to take responsibility because unless they see the reality of a joyful walk, uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength, we're told. But but if there's no joy, um, if there's no peace, if if moms and dads freak out every time something bad happens, instead of relying on their faith, um, the kids are kind of scratching their heads and saying, well, "Well, what kind of Jesus is this? You know that we're that we're dealing with here. Is he real? He's not real in my home, and that embitters. I think Paul uses the word. One translation: Do not fathers do not embitter your children. Another translation, and I like this one because it just the word." Do not exasperate your yeah. children. And I think it's very exasperating for kids to hear Jesus and not see it um, at work in their own homes. It's it's a matter of consistency, right? And uh, that's one thing that we emphasize with our leaders, they, uh, with, with us serving these kids, the consistency that they see in our walks. Yes, um, we... we tell them the word we tell them the truth but they will not receive it until they see that that love and consistency demonstrated to them and that's even more so in the home more important in the home because uh we've made it a point that um when when parents bring broken kids and they ask us to fix them we tell them you've had them for an hour (laughs) yeah exactly it's we cannot fix in an hour or over over a week two hours maybe three hours but but certainly you can over youth retreat i mean you got two days (laughs) (laughs) oh man we we don't have time (laughs) but um we cannot fix in an hour what 16 or in chris's case 10 13 years of damage has done and so the consistency within the home to where what we are teaching your children, what they're hearing um, if they come to the academy at, at the school or even if they're going to public school, they need to be able to see consistency within the people that are supposed to have light. And certainly they need to be able to see the difference. Exactly. In those two locations. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, public school is teaching us this and look at those people. But at home. There's joy. Now, parents are thinking, well, uh, Pastor Ron, you expect us to be perfect. This is not about, we expect to be joyful. Mm-hmm. We expect for Jesus to l- really be the Lord of your home. If your kids see that, then it's the Spirit's job to work in us. You know, and uh, within our studies, we, we often tell the kids that they need to own up to their sin. And as parents, that is the best example when you do mess up. As, as you said, they're not going to be perfect parents, but there's something to be said when a parent says, look, I, I'm, I made a mistake. I'm owning up to that sin. And they see the humility, right? Because ultimately, that's really our pride when we say, I don't want my kid to see that I'm imperfect, right? Or, or so th- that's a pride and honestly an excuse. And so Matthew, I know you, obviously, I know your, your father very well. Um, uh, you're my grandson. He's a son. <laughs> and um, I, I know firsthand how many times he's called you all together and asked for forgiveness mm-hmm. because he messed something up. Mm-hmm. And and that's about as loud a statement as we can make about the reality of Jesus Christ, teaching not only to repent, to be cleansed, but, but also uh, to be filled again instantly and go about serving God faithfully. And uh, that had to be impactful to oh, an unbelievable degree it, it's it's humbling and and 
I think the specifically the the facade for a father, and I, I'm I'm I, I my daughter is not even here yet, but I'm already thinking about it. Is <laughs> the, the 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 thought of humbling myself, right? It it's mind blowing to me that the person that you look up to, right, the person that you trust in, would allow themselves to be vulnerable and and humble themselves to the point. And, and well, maybe you should write this down. The the difficulty and the humility of admitting that you blew it is a lot less painful and difficult than continuing to pretend that you're okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. And and your babies do win? July 9th uh and she is uh, it feels like the the pregnancy has gone by insanely fast. So yes. Well, I'm sure not to Vero. <laughs> She's ready. <laughs> she, yeah, she's if she ready. could give birth today, yeah. she would. <laughs> you know, and this is off topic, but I think that's one of the things that we husbands and fathers-to-be say that drives our wives crazy. Oh, the pregnancy's gone so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and, and we, we've talked about it. I, it. I talked to her saying, like, it, it feels like it was just November when we found out. Oh. And she's like, yes, but the days are long. <laughs> the days of, of, you know, her nausea and everything is long. So three four zero ninety five eighty five. We're going to get to some very specific issues on the other side of the break. Guys, we're about five minutes uh, left in this half of the program. Matthew, um, you've you've recently, last couple of years, graduated from college. Um, you know, parents are fearful and fretful that. Uh, I'm going to send my kids to college. They're going to come back an atheist. Talk, talk about some of the, the experiences you had in college. Uh, your course of study was physics. Um, talk about that. So for those that are fearful about their, their kid going to college, it, the fear can go away as long as you do the work in providing that foundation for them, right? The, the truth of God's word, if they're solid with that truth, they're going to hear um, things that are bizarre, uh, things that even we cannot prepare them for because, as we've said, the world is getting crazier and crazier, right? The ideas are coming from left, right, center, up, down, right? Um, and so going to college, I knew that I was going to hear lies, falsehood. Um, I was a little thrown aback when it was – the the first semester from a theology class when I was hearing yeah. the lies and and everything and uh, mind you I went to a quote unquote faith based university. Whenever you hear faith based, <laughs> it's time to duck and cover. Yes, so faith based is loosely you have faith in something, so you can come here. And I think that's mm-hmm. the marketing campaign that they they have. It's funny I have a shirt on <laughs> from it, but um, it, it, just because it is faith based does not mean by any means that it's what you believe in or what we believe in. Um, take, a, take a minute or two, Matthew, to talk about what you, t- you spoke to our pastor's discipleship class sorry, about, about your experience with a friend. Yes. So um, in a uh, long story short, uh, he knew exactly uh, where, where I stood. He knew um, that my faith uh, was founded in Jesus and he knew where where uh, the yeses and the noes were. Um, he identified as a homosexual. And um, right after graduation, he um, asked me point blank, um, is homosexuality a sin? And up to that point, again, four years of being with this classmate, going through ups and downs, you know, doing homework together, helping each other out, we, we had built a, a relationship. And so not a uh, not a close friend bond, right, but one that is pretty established because we've gone through hard things, right? Uh, but he asked me point blank, is homosexuality a sin? I said, yes, I agree. This is what it says in his word in the Bible. And so, yes, it is a sin. A uh, couple minutes, a uh, couple uh, days later, he had um, essentially said, I can't be your friend. I can't be a friend to someone like you. And um, I use that example often to the kids because I tell them, you are going to lose relationships when you stand up for God's word. Are you willing? Is It's something to where in your, in, in your mind you may, may say, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to lose friends. But when it happens, right, when uh, 
again, a, a pretty close friendship is on the line. Are you willing to uh, tolerate the sin or compromise your faith so that you could just have a that friendship that you've built over those four years? And so standing up for the truth, standing up for what God's word says, uh, it'll cost you. Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about sexuality on the other side of the break. But I think one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, I think uh, one of the things that really throws these kids off is the idea they're bombarded that the world, uh, by the world, that, that, that whatever people choose and whatever they believe genuinely is okay. And, and they want to retain those friendships and the pressure to compromise their faith. And that's from the pit of hell. I mean, that's, that's the devil. Did God really say? And do you have the temerity to really believe that? Um, and and we got to be willing to risk relationships, losing relationships, even in, in family. We've got to be willing to lose those relationships if that's what it takes to stand for Jesus Christ. Well, you can hear the music. That means we're out of time for the first half of the program. Um, Parents, we'd love to have your calls. These men are taking questions from uh, your children. And maybe you want to know what's going on. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our friday show 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR we're here today with pastor chris sanchez and pastor matthew makasadia um, an opportunity for moms and dads to ask some questions. Uh, guys, the questions you get the most from the kids these days is d- primarily around uh, around sexuality, whether it's um, homosexuality or transgender ideology. Um, these are the things that your kids are being bombarded with on social media, and that's what we're going to talk about next. Um and and the pressure, the peer pressure to affirm these things is overwhelming on these kids. So talk about the kind of questions they ask you, the struggle that they're having with it, and, and even how parents can best deal with it uh, at home. Chris, why don't you start? Okay, so Matthew and I, we have a really good opportunity on Monday evenings. You guys hear Pastor on all the time announce our youth studies on Monday nights. And Monday nights, it's a in-person really version of Pastor Ron's radio show where we allow the kids to ask questions. We want them to know that they can ask us anything and we'll give them what the Bible says. So Monday nights is when we get a lot of these questions and all of most of them, I think what 75% of them have to do with sexuality, uh, how to deal with it and, and what is it and why do we as Christians hold this belief? And so Matthew and I have had a good amount of experience with it. And one of the major questions is kids who have grown up in the church is really how do how did they deal with it, whether it be their friends or uh, teammates on sports teams or whatever, how do they deal with it? And so Matthew and I have the opportunity to first reinforce what Scripture says, because I love the fact that, Pastor Ron, that you said, did God really say? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of the greatest, by greatest, I mean, evilest questions that has been asked for over for many millennia. And that's a question that the enemy is really asking your kids is, did God really say, or how do you know that your parents aren't just being old fashioned or whatever? And Pastor Ron always answers that with our God's an old God, it's okay. uh, the ancient of days. And so that's the first thing that Matthew and I do is we build the foundation upon scripture because once again, scripture is immovable because it's the word of God. It's, it's, it's the, the word from God himself. And so, that's the first thing Matthew and I do. And then what we also do is we like to challenge, ask the kids, because we don't want to do all the thinking for them. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things, as Paul talks about, uh, you know, let us reason together, that if we understand that the Bible is true, then we would like these kids to come to that conclusion themselves. So we guide and we ask them questions. Well, it says this here. So how are we going to apply the Bible? Because Pastor Ron always says, just be with Jesus. And that is the greatest summary 
of how to live your Christian life is just to be with Jesus. And so we reinforce that message with the kids. And some of them struggle because either their parents, as we said, living your life at home, uh, parents to model for your kids is important. Either their, either their parents aren't don't have a foundation on the Bible, and so the kids are confused, especially when dealing with the issue of sexuality, because the parents, whether they have coworkers and they kind of just dismiss it or uh, things like that. So we have a lot of kids who are really concerned or they have family family members especially that they love dearly and we understand what scripture says that if your life does not belong to the lord then you will not inherit the kingdom of god and so a lot of kids have struggle with that because they love their family sister brother cousin but it's an emotional struggle not not an intellectual one correct and it is so thinking is the answer yes it is completely emotional and One thing that I tell these kids is, as Christians, our job is to agree with Jesus. That he doesn't just say, hey, um, Chris, what do you think about this? He never asked me that. Mm -hmm. You know, if we love the Lord and you call yourself a Christian, that means that you've professed that you do. Then you need to act like it. And it's hard. But we tell these kids, you know what? It's your heart should break for them. But that shouldn't lead you to compromise your faith. It should lead you to have compassion like Jesus. What that means is you go and you treat them as an unbeliever. You should respect them. You you still treat them like they're a, a human because they are. Um, but you preach the gospel to them. Share the gospel. You share the gospel. Matthew, how do you respond to the, well, well what's so wrong if two people love each other and if God is a God of love, um, well, why are we like putting out the love? We show them what real love is, what true love is defined by the God who is love. And we, uh, we, we show them in his word what love is. And the fact that God is love, he is the one who uh, created it. That means that he sets the bounds for it. He sets the, the, essentially the rules for it. And we see it in his word that anyone who steps outside of this, this love is not actually loving, right? And so uh, one thing that we tell them is even – um, with sexuality, right? It it doesn't just go between you know homosexual or transgender. Sex outside of marriage, right? We tell them that that's an issue. That's wrong. Right? That's sin, uh, because that is outside of the bounds that God has laid in, in in His Word. And so we show them what true love is. And so when they see or they hear the lie of well, that's not loving. That's not the loving thing to do. Just to let them love who they. They want to love. Well, that's not love. Right? That's uh, lust. Right? And uh, we we show them that it's sin when you are not living according to what God's word says. And you know, one of the things, and Chris, I'll let you kind of deal with this one. Um, one of the things that that, that happened um, in the in the political season, especially twenty twenty and beyond, um, we we watched Christian parents. Um, Largely conservative. Um, it's just the nature of following the rules. Um, these Christian parents would embrace Donald Trump and, and, and in some cases get fanatical. Um, there were some who said, well, well, you know, that's uh, um, Cyrus, reborn kind of thing. And, and I mean, there, there were, uh, it, and it's a tragedy, but there's a lot of Christian parents who believe that Donald Trump was God's handpicked candidate president and the children were watching that mm-hmm. and then seeing all of his sexual sins exposed and the hypocrite parents not saying anything about that and and focusing on homosexuality and now transgenderism and and that just doesn't register for them it's either all sin or it's not sin and um you know they've, they've got a good point deal with that will you chris well that's an easy question <laughs> you know it's it's <clears throat> I get to hear by nature of me being the government teacher, uh, especially during political seasons and work right up to one. Um, And I get to hear where kids' opinions are. And most kids get their opinions from their parents. So as the same thing, Pastor Ron said it earlier in the show, that thinking is everything, logically thinking. And one of the privileges that I have teaching here at the academy is my first job is to approach everything biblically. Uh, because the Bible at the end of the day is that what's going to re- stand the test of time. 
So when it comes to any political candidate, politics can be very quickly emotional. Uh, and that is immediately setting you up for failure. Now, with parents excusing uh, political candidates or celebrities because of whatever reason, um, him being the next Cyrus or... Yeah. At least he's not a Democrat. Yeah, that's... Uh, or parents are reposting photos of, of any candidate with Bible verses or God looking over yeah. their shoulder. Um, that is the exact opposite message of what we as Christians should be doing. Our jobs as Christians, first and foremost, should be professing the gospel and living it and being an, exam- an example. As we all have our own political opinions, if they ever or even the candidates run contrary to Scripture, our job is to set the example and to have enough integrity to be able to say, you know what, they were wrong, they sinned, and they messed up. Not to make any excuses for sins, because if kids will pick up anything, it's hypocrisy. And they will use that to justify their behavior. And any political season, especially the the most recent one and the one coming up, we're going to see a lot of professing Christians not acting like it. And my caution and my warning and, and hopefully encouragement would be to live the faith that you profess. Uh, be first and foremost a Christian. Don't act like one. Be one, uh, especially in these difficult times, because kids will look at it. Facebook will go crazy. Any type of social media that I know we're going to get to here uh, soon is a birthing ground for sin. And the best thing for Christians to do is to do everything they can, as Paul says, to cast off that which hinders us from completing the race well. And um, don't give any excuse for hypocrisy. Call sin, sin. And believe me, that'll make your, first of all, relationship with Jesus that much better. But And then your relationship with your kids. And the, the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. So parents have a responsibility to call out sin among professing Christians before we start pointing at sin in the world. Uh, we shouldn't expect unbelievers to act like believers, and we lose any um, authority that we have by pointing out and saying, yeah, but those guys, when the people that we're loudly supporting are doing horrible things ostensibly, all the while being a Christian. So, Matthew, you mentioned in the first half of the program today uh, consistency at the home. Well, consistency in 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 looking at sin and dealing with issues um, matters. You know, I realize there's a bunch of Christians that say, well, you know, um, it's much better for him than for this other party. Um, but But we've still got to hold him accountable, mm-hmm. whoever it is, the, our candidate that we support. And when we don't do that, uh, the picture I have, you know, at the beach where we go, there's there's guys with these metal detectors. And they go around and they're going, and they want it to, to buzz because there's some hidden treasure down there. Well, our children have hypocrisy detectors mm-hmm. built in. And the devil is the one who's doing all the buzzing around there. Um, let, let's shift briefly. Um, talk about transgender ideology for a moment um, because your kids um, are, are having that thrust at them. Social media, which we're going to shift to in a moment, uh, has an enormous amount of pressure and power to persuade. And kids are actually exhorted uh, to change, uh, to experiment, um, to transition. Um, what kind of questions do you get about that, Chris? A lot of it has to do with how do we know that God really didn't create them to be female, but they're male, you know, and God made a mistake. Yes. And that's immediately what we answer. So, okay, well, does God make mistakes? And the simple answer is if he does make mistakes and he's not God, he's not perfect. So that's why, you know, we go through the reinforcement of scripture and that understanding. But a lot of these kids and it's so I'm going to put the starting point at 2015 um, but yeah. way before but with the Obergefell court decision and um, people have a wrong sense and even Christians get it really confused sometimes that morality is sourced in our court system <laughs> um, I've had many quote unquote Christians after that decision uh, same sex marriage became legalized come up to me and says oh so now you support it right my answer was, 
no. My source of what's right and wrong does not come from nine people in dark bathrobes, to say the least. You know, it's like it comes from the Lord. And especially with abortion stuff and all that stuff. And that's the problem, is that people get what's right and wrong from everything else besides Scripture. Um, And we've said unbelievers are going to do what unbelievers are going to do. But as Christians, we need to understand that truth and validity is found only in the Bible and in Christ. So when they ask that question, we have to approach it um, very directly and, and bluntly. But we also do it with the understanding that they are being brainwashed. Mm -hmm. So we have to walk them through that logic. And as soon as those floodgates were opened in 2015, it's easy to see how sin has has evolved. And and since there seems to be no limit Mm -hmm. to the perversity that a hard heart will embrace... Um, it's almost scary to think about what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, you're going to be a brand new dad. Yes. So you're going to be raising a daughter in this world, and and that's got to be scary. Matthew, would you talk for a minute about social media and the, the pressure that social media is putting on these kids and maybe um, what, what parents can do to insulate their children from being persuaded. You know, in the book of Galatians, Paul says, oh, foolish Galatians. And later he'll say, "Uh, you were running a good race. What happened? Somebody's cut in on you. Well, these kids now, their faith is being cut in on and they're embracing it via social media. So uh, as a as a preface to all this, the the tool of social media itself, right, when it's not abused and it's abused often, but when it's not abused, it could be used for information, just like the Internet, just like. It's a way that information is shared. But the problem is anyone can share any information on it, and it is a platform for all, any and all opinions to be blasted. And sadly, the, th- the opinions that are pushed, not just, um, <laughs> not just by people that, are, uh, that, are, that want to, uh, to blind the kids or to brainwash the kids, but just in general, the world as a majority, right, is – pushing wrong as right and then anything that is right is either cut out or it's pointed at and uh, spat upon and so social media the pres the presence of the devil of the enemy in social media is evident because uh, the moment that june hits everything becomes rainbows <laughs> everything becomes uh celebrating pride right um and that's a lot of pressure for anyone that knows that that is sin, that stands on the truth. Why? Because either you will listen to it and that's all you're going to hear and you know it's wrong. And so in, in your heart, you're like, man, this is terrible. This is wrong. And so y- your, your mind and your heart is being broken constantly by the sin that is being pushed. Or if you don't have that solid foundation that – We've talked about we, we talked about in the first half. You're going to start to listen. Why? Because in your mind, right? You, you, you're you're reasoning or you're justifying the fact that, hey, everybody else seems to be okay with it. How come I'm not okay with it? You know, it, my my youth pastors say that it's wrong. My parents say it's wrong. But everyone that I see on social media, all the celebrities, <laughs> all the people that I follow, right? They seem to be okay with it. Well, how come it's How come I'm not okay with it? You know, I say all the time that that if you're not a student of the Word, you're going to be won over Mm -hmm. by the thinking of this world. It's it's inevitable. And I've had parents come to me angry and say, uh, well, well, that's not true. We're never going to believe this. There isn't one of us pre-2015, Chris, and you brought that up. There's not a single person who pre-2015, that June decision, not a single person who ever would have believed that we'd be where we are now <laughs> with transgender ideology. I mean, it, it was impossible. We laughed. Oh, see, you Christians, you're always going to extremes. That could never happen. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. And, and what's coming next, who knows? But the reality is that the social media um, impact um, kids are afraid to post if unless they like something or agree with something. Um, now you don't have to say what you what you know I would say, mm-hmm. but um, tell me why any child 
I'm 100 years old, so children to me are young people at home. Why any child needs a phone and should be permitted unlimited access on social media. <laughs> represent, represent your kids. The, the easiest answer and the right answer <clears throat> is that no, honestly, no, I'm going to put the benchmark at 16 if they're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no kid honestly needs an unfiltered phone. Um, you know, people have lasted a long time without phones before we got here. And I think a lot of parents give phones to their children because everyone has one. And as Christians and social media and the internet is such a, a, a dark place, especially if just left to kids explore really dark places of the internet. If they're left to their own devices, a lot of the times they are good kids, Christian kids. Yes. Um, because the enemy's cunning, you know, it's a few clicks away from some of the most dark and, and, and things that will plague them for, for years, if not the rest of their lives. So, as, as parents, especially as the years go on and sin just keeps um, growing and growing and growing, we parents, I'm going to say, need to be a lot more restrictive. And they may not be the cool parents, but I guarantee you they're going to have much children much better off than their peers because they won't have been indoctrinated by the lies that are so free on let, the let internet. Me, let me stop. We're inside of five minutes now. So um, is there – I mean – I believe it's true that it's impossible for parents to monitor all of their children's social media behavior. Oh, yeah. It's extremely impossible because even the quote-unquote cleanest of apps and the most filtered of sin always finds a way. Mm -hmm. And social media is designed to feed the lusts of the flesh in whatever capacity that is. Um, doesn't and, and the devil is the prince of the air, so he, yes, it's it's impossible. You, Matthew, what's your take on this? Now, you you no. guys you guys get involved in social media. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. Neanderthals like I am, <laughs> but but um, you're seeing the impact that kids who are getting swallowed by social media. Talk about that, Matthew. A lot of the things that specifically, not just it, this is. It pertains to the guys, but specifically the the girls in our ministry, because of the lie that social media portrays a attractive woman is, their value, their worth is being shifted other than what Jesus says their value and worth is. And much of the struggles that they have specifically with social media is just that, is their value and worth. And uh, this is more so what Vero deals with. And, and obviously, whenever need be, I, I do step in and, and uh, let them know. But Vero's counsel to them is you, that's not real. <laughs> Social media is not real life. Right? And so, any, any more than your friends are real friends. Exactly. And so the, your value, your worth, your identity must only be found in Christ. And once you find that, none of that stuff matters. And so going back to social media and phones specifically, right, in my personal life, Veto and I have talked, there's no reason why our daughter is going to have a phone before she could pay for it, before she needs it for a job or when she's starting to go around and and go about. And for us, even the tablets or the iPads that we give to pacify kids so that they can stop crying, right? We don't want that. Why? Because you're already instilling this addiction to a screen rather than thinking. And going back to the beginning is thinking for yourself. Okay, we're, we're running out of time. Let me <laughs> shotgun a couple of things here. How, how many of your kids, just general number, how many of your kids who have unlimited cell phone access are into pornography? <laughs> Uh, I would now, say now every parent out there is saying, not my kid. Yeah. Correct. And you're kidding yourself. Um, and I say that with as much respect as I can. I would say every single kid that has a device, um, male or female, has seen pornography on their phones. Even if they didn't look at it. Right. For like they, Now there are some of them that have searched for it themselves 
but with Access- unfiltered access, yeah. uh, all of them have. And, and what about the pressure to send naked pictures of themselves? Uh, that's huge. That's yeah. Again, going back to value and worth in Christ. And see, mom, moms and dads, you're providing the opportunity for your kids to be swallowed by this. And, and these kids, and when I say kids, I'm talking teenagers, uh, they're not psychologically equipped to deal with that kind of portrayal of sex. It's mm-hmm. just they're, they're not. And, um, you know, sexual sin gives the devil a foothold like never before. Um, very quickly, both you guys, what encouragement would you give parents who think, well, my kids are going to hate me and they're going to run away if I take away their cell phones. My encouragement would simply be, be with the Lord and do what he's asked us to do, and that's to guide them into righteousness. If you think that's what they're going to say, stick with the Lord and you watch him show off for you. The Lord has trusted you with that child, and as long as you are faithful to do what he has called you to do, and you give that child back up to the Lord, he will deal with that child afterwards. I'm going to get a tape of that. You sure you guys yes. are <laughs> holding coming, me accountable. Who's coming on the way? Hey, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Friday edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Go to church and serve somebody else this weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.